Please prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a I'm Grace Bella Harmon, board-certified dance movement therapist and embodied grief guide. Body Grieves, Spirit Calls is an open exploration of the connection between grief, embodiment, and spirituality. I believe the grieving is an inherently sacred process that deserves and requires its own attention and energy to fully integrate. Through personal stories, reflections, and interviews, I seek to highlight the ways in which grief can bring us home to our bodies and to a deeper connection with the spirit that holds us all. Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you in which I interview Moranikea Deshulu. Morinike is a full-time artist originally from Nigeria. She left the corporate world to pursue her passion, which is visual art, and she is passionate about health, fitness, spiritual wellness, and mindfulness. You can find her and her beautiful art at artbymorinike.com, and you can also follow her on Instagram at artbymorinike. Both of those will be in the show notes. This conversation goes a lot of different places. It's a really beautiful um, testament to the power of listening to the body, listening to the inner voice throughout the grieving process. Mornike shares her story of the grief following the death of her sister. She has so much wisdom about the need to not resist grief, the power of surrendering to it. Um, And she shares a lot about the relationship between grief and the creative process, as well as how her grief influenced her to leave her corporate job and really follow um, the path of her soul, which is being an artist. I hope this episode nourishes you and along with sharing her website and her Instagram in the bio um, or in the show notes rather, I'll also be sharing something for the lovely patrons of this podcast. It's a um, movement and art practice that I've done often for my own grief. It's something that I share with my clients So I'll share a video um, and sort of a how-to of me doing it, and it's a practice that I hope that you'll be able to incorporate and support your own grieving process. So that's for the lovely patrons. You can find out more about that in the show notes. And let's get into this beautiful conversation with Morinike Adeshulu.
Okay. Hi, Monique. I'm so happy to have you today. Thank you, Grace. Hi, I'm happy to be here also. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, we got connected first through Clubhouse, I believe, which was like maybe a year and a half ago at this point. Yes, I remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we added each other on Instagram. I feel like we're, <laughs> we actually interact more on Instagram now. Yeah, yeah totally. So I'd love to just start this conversation with how is your grief living in your body right now? Oh, right now, at this um, moment, it's just, for me, most of the way, the way um, grief falls on me, you know, is to make me slow down. I know it might be different for some people. Some people probably need to keep it moving. And it's a time to really slow down mm. and not try to just let everything like just let things go and just slow down mm. and um yeah so that, that's how it is right now at this moment it's just a slowing down time for me especially like you know wanting to do this podcast i started thinking more about my sister mm -hmm. you know and um it's um it's just really about knowing that grief can come, anything can just trigger memories. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always mean that there are things we have to push away or that triggers are things we have to avoid. Anything can trigger anything. It's, um, it could be a song. And mm -hmm. I've learned that I don't have to run away from triggers, that triggers are also a way to grow. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. so triggers help me grow triggers help me feel things triggers help me reflect triggers um teach me to um to feel and not suppress mm. and triggers also tell me that it's just i mean i don't want to use the word just triggers also tell me that this um it's just something I've attached to. It's just um, something I've attached to some memories. Um, could be sense mm -hmm. because, um, or maybe like, for example, if someone sees a red car passing by, it's just a red car. But for somebody else, that red car could just spark something else. So it's just seeing it that way, but still, still honoring, not necessarily like trying to dismiss what it means to me. Just understanding that this is the reason why I'm feeling this way is because of this memory and this memory that I have attached to a particular sensation. So triggers really teach me to stand in the storm mm. and to feel and to welcome whatever I am feeling. It's like when you're just standing at the shore and, and um, waves come crashing at you. You know, sometimes they come really hard and then they slow down and they just drift away and they come hard and slow down. So that's how grief is sometimes. And you um, just have, as long as you're um, a rock standing there on the shore, you're not, you can't control the waves. You know, you have to know that you're not the one in control as long as you're there, unless you want to just maybe disappear somehow. But 
it's going to come, you're going to feel it, you're going to let it overwhelm you. And sometimes it could be peace. You might feel, as, you know, grief can just come, it can come with um, sadness sometimes. And it's okay to feel that sadness. Sometimes it can bring laughter to you. Mm -hmm. and go ahead and laugh. And if it's um, peace that you feel all of a sudden, allow yourself to feel that peace. So yes. it's just really about allowing yourself to feel everything that grief um, gives you and not trying to fight it and mm -hmm. helps you observe just a lot around you and within you. Yeah. You just said a lot. <laughs> Some like pretty countercultural things. This idea that you don't have to run away from triggers. You don't have to stop the triggers. Right. That you can be a rock and actually let experiences happen without trying to control them. Mm -hmm. Can you can you walk us a bit through your, you know, whatever part of your journey you feel comfortable sharing? Like, how did you arrive at this point of letting yourself slow down? Was that is that just kind of who you are? Was it a journey? Like, how did that process happen after your loss? I would say some things, um, well, maybe some of it is um, maybe my spirituality also mm -hmm. helps in, and just really knowing, maybe just understanding some facts of life as well. Um, knowing, understanding how inevitable death is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, having an open mind around the fact that um, it's gonna happen to all of us. And the way in which it happens, sometimes will not be pretty, it won't be glamorous, it won't be peaceful, it won't be, you know, we all don't die the same way, we all don't go to bed and sleep and, you know, it happens in different ways and not just to humans. Mm -hmm. It happens to every living organism on the planet. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the same way things happen to us tragically, it happens to animals tragically too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we come out of our homes. I mean, we we all read tragic things on the um, on the news. Um, just the weirdest, you know, freak, you know, kind of freakiest way of dying. Sometimes that happens to people. A man walks out getting ready to step out and then an ice pick from a building just falls and, and it's just gone like that. Same way an ant can be walking and someone steps on it, it's gone. Mm -hmm. um, animals crossing the, um, the streets, a car hits them, it's gone. A bird is just chilling and a hawk comes and swoops it up. Mm -hmm. You know, humans get attacked by animals, you know, humans attack animals too, you know, like all these things are happening to everyone. Right, we're, we're all through the same cycle. Exactly. Like and death and rebirth, yeah. Yeah, and not saying that that makes it any easier <laughs> to handle grief. Totally. It still hurts, it's still, it's still painful. And I feel like the spiritual response to it is, or the way to honor it is just, to feel what we are supposed to feel as humans. Mm -hmm. The correct response is if you feel hurt, then 
allow yourself to be hurt. Mm -hmm. If you feel um, if you feel angry, then be angry. It's mm -hmm. is absolutely you're allowed to be angry. <laughs> so it's about allowing yourself to feel what you're feeling and observing and realizing that you're not alone in grief, even though sometimes we sit down and it looks like everyone else is having a great time and I'm not because something has just happened to me and I've stopped moving, but the whole world is still moving. Know that at any point in life, you're not the only one who has stopped. <laughs> there are some people even while they're driving to work, they have stopped. Like we might be looking at a world of people moving and we think their life is going great just because they happen to be smiling at this moment. There are moments that I am smiling to and people might look at me as one of those people whose life is going well. So we all are going through some form of grief. So we're, we're not the only ones experiencing grief. Mm -hmm. So it's good to know that as well. It's part of the human experience. And it's okay that there are some, that we all don't have the same timeline. We're not experiencing grief at the same time in the same way. Mm -hmm. So there might be a time, even among the same, um, even among the same family members of the, the, the deceased, we're all experiencing it at different times. Right now, I may, I may just feel a bit overwhelmed and maybe my sister in Nigeria is probably moving right now and everything's going fine for her at the moment. Mm -hmm. So we all experience these tides and lows at different times, you know, mm -hmm. just like when you go to the beach, you see a part, you see where the waves are coming in some places and some parts of it is um, not that, um, the tides are not that high, you know, so everyone is experiencing this different waves at different times and at different um, intensities, you know, so when, so it's about observing and knowing that everyone is going through something mm -hmm. and it could be peace, it could be joy, it could be happiness. I mean, it could be sadness, it could be depression. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the thing about it is um, just not getting stuck in any emotion. I think we focus mo mostly on, <laughs> on, um, on the, the, what we call the negative emotions, you know, mm -hmm. the sadness. I think that's what we try to want to battle or cure, mm. you know, but we have to know no emotion is really here to stay for long. Not even um, <laughs> the ones we want, you know, like peace, happiness, all that, yeah. you know, they're not, um, those are the ones, it's just that it's the sadness and all that that we really, really want to talk about, we want to meet about, we want to like try to fix or we want to. So it's about just really learning to embrace the whole thing. Whenever you feel uplifted, sometimes maybe the memory of it, Lord Lord can just uplift you, can encourage you, allow yourself to feel that. I think sometimes people feel, I think it's this whole, there's this, um, it could be maybe um, conditioning or how people were raised, probably um, spiritual or religious practices. Some, or maybe just, um, I don't know. Some people just might feel a bit of guilt when some people feel like, oh, I, I shouldn't be happy or I shouldn't feel this way. 
you know, I, it's, it's not right. And I, I'm not supposed to, to be happy right now. So that's, that's also another form of suppression. You yeah. know, like it's not only, so some people even, um, even though like the medical world seems to want to cure the um, negative, you know, there's still people who want to suppress even the happy ones for different reasons. So it's about really not being hard on yourself. It's okay to feel however you feel. There are even some cases that in the case of the, when, the, um, when a loved one passes, there are some cases where some people may even feel a sense of relief because of the suffering that that loved one went through. Not that they're not, they don't miss the person, but they know what they were going through. They understood better. They knew how hard it was on this person and even the family. And it's okay to feel like, you know, some weight has been lifted mm-hmm. and to, you know, just send, give the person a good send off and cherish all the wonderful memories and just, you know, so sometimes some feelings can be complicated. It can be feelings of peace, can be feelings of sadness, and they will come at different times. It's not just always one feeling, like even with my sister, sometimes I even feel anger even towards her, you know, and and I allow myself to feel that because um, it's okay. Like when she was, when she was alive, I I was angry at her sometimes. So, you know, I don't have to feel like because she's gone now that I don't have to feel angry at her sometimes. And then there's sometimes I just want to like just um, laugh at some things with her. And even though she's not here to laugh at me, um, to laugh with me, I I still laugh anyway. And maybe if anyone cares to listen, I might just say it like, you know, I remember when my sister, when this song would come on, when we were little, she had this funny dance, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's okay to like think of things like that too. And, and it's okay to cry when you think of some things. And so, yeah, I think I would say uh, that's, that's how my spirituality has really been a part of my, um, my grief process. Yeah. Yeah, as I listen to you, I feel like a really big sense of capacity that you have to hold all of these different parts of your experience and to not judge them um, and to not attach to them. Right. Right. Um, And I'm wondering, was this there before your loss? Like, how did this, how did your your loss of your sister or any other losses, like how did this grief um, inform, you know, this ability to, to hold things, to, to expand, to, to hold complexity, you know, what, what was, how did that happen after the loss? Like after the loss of my sister? Wow. Yeah. Like what was the, what, well, it was because I'm because you're talking now, you know, a few years later, mm-hmm. and I'm and you know, it's we 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 arrive places not um, as we know non linearly, right? It's not mm-hmm. like a straight line, yeah, yeah. So, how do you feel like you arrived at this? So, I'll tell you, like, this I'll first of all start about some sensations. I thought I'm trying to, I remember when I got the news of her death, mm-hmm. um. 
<laughs> it, I wasn't sure if um, it was real, what was going on, you know, there was some denial, like maybe, I even thought the people were lying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was that denial and I just couldn't believe it also because she, she you know, that um, she was my younger sister mm. and mm -hmm. it just didn't feel like it was true, like it was truly happening. It didn't feel like it was supposed, it felt like that's not supposed to happen, you know? Yeah. But it happens. So that's another thing. It, it does happen. And it happened to me as well. Just like it happened to somebody else that I may not know. And some of the people that I even know of. Mm -hmm. So it does happen. And um, it's not going to happen to, it may not happen to everyone, but it happens. So now I know that there were definitely some, um, some, sen some sensations when I, um, like things I felt in my body. I was actually even scared. Now it, it I I understood how how people die um, after the loss of um, a loved one mm -hmm. because um, the body really goes through some kind of shock, and mm -hmm. I can understand if someone like if someone with a with a compromised immune system how that can really just wreak havoc all over their body. So yeah, I definitely felt some some I guess definitely some psychosomatic mm -hmm. things that was quick that was scary I felt some pain in my chest mm -hmm. and I was afraid at some point like am I <laughs> am I about to that this is so painful wow. like is will I die you know it really felt really and I don't know if I was just, just me panicking or it really felt like there was a big stone there Sometimes I can't breathe. Sometimes I won't sleep. And I knew my body was shutting down. And I mean, was, I don't know, not shutting down, but I just knew something was happening to my body. You know, like my body was just, some chaos was going on. Yeah. Um, I have just never experienced that, those sensations. I don't think, I don't know if any other life event had sent me into those kind of feelings before I can. I know I've experienced all kinds of losses, maybe a breakup when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, loss of a job or something else, you know, but I guess this was probably like the hardest one for me. And physiologically it was very, very tough, very painful. And I, I, there were times I was even afraid that I may not even wake up, you know, if I go to sleep, you know, so I guess my mind, everything was just all over the place. I think some, what helps sometimes is um, maybe, you know, support for, I can, this is just my experience. And Sometimes it may not work for everybody, it depends on the kind of people you have around you. But I wouldn't call myself like this very, you know, but I'm thankful for support of family members, loved ones, you know, friends, and even seeking, speaking to a therapist and um, listening to people's advice. Like sometimes, even some people who have experienced grief, some people will tell me, oh, when you probably notice that you're gravitating towards some kind of foods and mm -hmm. try to you know I'm like oh like you may not realize that <laughs> you're actually doing some things too that may not work for the body because you're just all over the place and I just realized that's true yeah like I haven't had water I'm like oh wow 
Mm. So because a friend said, drink, make sure you're drinking water. Just drink water. So grief is so dehydrating. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. Because I didn't even realize I wasn't drinking water, you know? And I had to drink some water, then getting out for some fresh air and, you know, just really taking that time and then just understanding that um, just maybe trying to reflect on how other, like other people who have lost their loved ones, like just uh, my own point of view when other people um, are experiencing the grief. So just really trying to see that every now and then we take different, we take on different roles. So yeah, so just gradual, I guess those really gradual progressions and um, I also like to list, I, I like to read books and I know there are people who don't know how to support people during grief. Sometimes people try to force you to like not look at your loved one's pictures or not, you know, like don't do that. It's going to make you cry. It's going to make you this. And I'm like, it's okay. You know, like, I don't want to suppress that. I don't want to like stop looking at her pictures. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to like stop doing that. I want to be able to look at that. And if it makes me, well, in tears, you know, so be it, you know, there's always some peace that comes after that. So I think the key message in the beginning that's really helped me is just not suppressing. Mm-hmm. I think everything is just guided. For me, is the non-suppression that is guiding the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, even if maybe there might be some places where it may be inappropriate to like, you know, shed tears or start crying, or it might be, you know, I I'm usually able to excuse myself and I'll just allow myself to feel it, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I can, I may be able, I mean, I may be able to control myself, but not, you know, I wouldn't call that suppression still, you know, like um, just depends on where I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I'm still thinking about it and I'm just like breathing hard and, you know, smiling and knowing, you know, just smiling and breathing hard. No, because I am, I know, I know grief now, you know, like, um, yeah, you're going to go now, you know, very soon and you're going to come back in some other way and you're going to go and then maybe I wouldn't even think about it for some time and you're going to come back and, you know, it doesn't mm. announce itself. So I'm used to grief not announcing itself and, you know, like, hey, um, you're here, <laughs> you know, and I just I just feel it so that's what that's been the guiding place for me like I think from the early stage is when I think the, I don't know what book or what podcast I may have listened to but the thing that just I just took is do not suppress and I'm a very I'm an artist yeah I'm creative I like to express myself and so maybe that also helps you know in my personality I like to express myself um, freely you know, whenever I can. And that's something I also want to learn to do more. Like I have the desire to even speak my mind more and to, you know, so I think that and not suppressing anything is what has been helping me. Mm-hmm. This grief journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the death was a shock. It shook your, your body from the inside. And then mm-hmm you somehow learn to, to not suppress it. Right. And, you know, I'm curious, 
how did or how does spirit show up in your body? Hmm. Okay, so there are times that, you know, when I, uh, okay, so, and, and I know this is like, again, this is my, my experience. Yeah. So when I, um, when I, when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling um, grief, sometimes I, I just say, I just say some, like a prayer, like, mm -hmm. um, I believe in my, I believe in spirit guides. I believe in, you know, angels. I believe in like, you know, like a soul group. We like, they're like, um, I believe in unseen um, spirits that are all, all about my good and who are supporting me on this um, journey, on this um, human experience. Mm -hmm. So when I feel that I, no, I'm, I just know that I'm being supported. It's just that knowing that I'm supported and it really helps me sometimes to just really be still. There are times when I'm just still mm -hmm. and I just feel this overwhelming, like, I just feel that I'm supported almost as if there's a breeze around me. Mm -hmm. And um, it also reminds me I mean, just feeling that has also taught me to really get into some rituals as well. Like it helped, rituals help with some people might be, you know, getting up every day to take walks, you know, jump rope. I know a friend who, when, uh, when she lost her mother, she took up jump roping mm. and mm -hmm. that really, really helped her a lot. And it became like a ritual. She wasn't, it wasn't, a, she wasn't suppressing. And my friend is not, She's not someone who suppresses because she was very vocal about whenever she posted on her social media, I'm missing my mom today. I'm just thinking about her. It doesn't have to be on her anniversary of her death or anything. She will just post it like I'm thinking about her today. And then she would jump rope like I thought of my mom while I was jump roping. So she was very, she's not suppressing. It's not to suppress, but these are things that really help us to keep going, mm -hmm. you know, in some way. So because our body is what makes us human. That is our human vessel here. So we need that on this journey. Yes. So we have to take care of it somewhere. We have to um, we have to show it love. We have to make it strong. We have to, you know, the best we can. And we have to make it feel, continue to feel things. So for me, I enjoy, um, I just have like my own little quiet place, which is actually where I am having this podcast right now. Perfect. I have um, candles, I have a plant, and I love to light some incense and just take deep breaths and just pray and just show some form of gratitude. And sometimes it can just be, help you know i can just say help help me like i feel weak right now just help me you know it's just uh, knowing that you don't have to be strong every time and sometimes you're not just gonna you're not gonna feel weak you're gonna feel strong sometimes and sometimes you can just go i feel weak you know like 
and, and I just kneel down sometimes and just let myself just cry and cry and cry for as long as I can. And then I breathe and I'm like, oh, and I feel tired and I lay down. And, and I just know that no matter what, God is just with me throughout this journey. And I know I'm not alone. So that always helps to when we're all experiencing this every one of us is experiencing this in some way you know yeah <laughs> yeah so so yeah it's um that's how that's how that's how i feel mm -hmm. yeah as you talk i'm feeling like some chills down my spine <laughs> thinking about the breeze of, of spirit encircling you the support of your guides and your spirits and I'm really struck by throughout this conversation you've been you know again and again sort of this refrain of like I'm not alone we're not alone like everyone experiences grief every form of life guys mm -hmm. like this this has been like a constant refrain and I wonder like what role do you think your culture or your family had in you know, reinforcing that for you? Does it feel like something that came from your grief or was that always there, that sort of understanding? Huh. Okay, so that's, I think everybody, everyone, <laughs> at least well, most adults will know that everyone is going to, you know, die. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess even with that knowledge, we still don't like to talk about death or I even have a, I know some people even when you want to um, talk about maybe something like life insurance, like, no, 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 I don't want to, no, 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 you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like they don't want to um, hear about things like that. So even though we all know that, I think trying to face the reality that there's an end we don't want to think about that. We don't want to, you know, like there's this fear of death, you know, mm -hmm. and um, regardless, you know, I mean, some people don't fear death and some people do. So even, even with that understanding that we're all going to die, we, we still fear like not existing mm -hmm. or in, in this human, you know, place, like just not existing. So, so I would say, I don't know if um, my, my culture, like the roots of my, my okay, I'm, I'm from Nigeria mm -hmm. and I'm Yoruba. So like our true traditions, like the, you know, like before a lot of influences, yeah. we are very um, welcoming. It, it's, it teaches to be welcoming of the death process. Mm -hmm. But in today's age, I think every culture has probably suffered this now. In today's age, which how we're trying to move fast and we want to accomplish so many things we've been taught that you must meet you have to do this before you die you have to do this before you know like we have a list of goals we're trying to accomplish i think that's those have kind of like added mm. to that fear of going because we believe there are some things that we want to take care of before we or we have or not believe we have things we want to take care of before we die mm -hmm. so that um that kind of doesn't let us stop and reflect on the fact that 
today might be your last or, you know. So when my sister passed away, it really, even though I would comfort other people in their grief, like when it happened, when I experienced the loss, that was when it really, that was when I got to feel it too. I got to understand what people were truly going through. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it made me realize it was going to happen. That is, is all of us are going, you know, we're all experiencing this now, it's happening. It's, you know, it's, it's happening. Like it, it's unfortunate that my sister died at, at a young age, but my, my mom, for instance, she comes from a large family. She's in her 70s, so she has a few older siblings and it's almost as if every year now, we're losing mm. an aunt and an uncle. Mm. So it's at that stage now that it's just happening. Mm. And I think about my parents too and it's like, yeah, you know, it's just accepting that it's going to happen, you know, like, you know, in our culture, we really, really do not wish for the death of a lot. And I'm sure most cultures really hate the idea of, um, you know, like um, parents outliving their children, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, I, I don't want that to happen, but I mean, it, it did happen with my sister, mm-hmm. you know, so. So it's just knowing that, you know, death can, can happen. And then I just really, sometimes I just, I'm very over, over analyzing. I, I mean, some things some, like, I look at spouses. I'm like, when people say, everyone's going to experience the loss of a spouse. I'm like, well, no, because someone's going to die and the other one's not going to experience the loss of a spouse. You know, <laughs> like I started overthinking and thinking about just like doing some calculations in my head and just really observing death and, just going like, wow, like, like my sister didn't get to experience the loss of a sibling, you know, because she was the first leave sibling to pass away. So, um, so it's just really just understanding that we're going to experience different kinds of grief. We may not all, we'll lose different kinds of um, different loved ones, friends, all that in our lives. And um, some people are going to go before others. So it's just really understanding that and I try to teach myself not to be too consu- consumed, you know. <laughs> so the loss of my sister kind of got me into that spiral, mm-hmm. you know. So that's something that it <laughs> got me into, like really, really thinking about death a lot, like being maybe over aware of it. I, and I don't, I think maybe that's something I also, that's also something I need to try to work on. There has to be some kind of balance, mm-hmm. you know, in your awareness. So it did help me become a bit more aware of um, death and um, you know in and as far as like trying to accomplish things before we go I it's good to know that um, to be open to the fact that you would not accomplish everything that you want to accomplish mm-hmm. I think that, that you're going to leave behind undone and it's just the way it is but it also brought this awareness that oh I my time here is limited. Yeah. There's some things I've been neglecting. Maybe I can start focusing on that as well. You know, I would like to do this before I go. I don't have that much time on this planet. It's about really 
um, understanding that our time is limited and sometimes it brings that awareness. I would like to do this before I go. So it actually also prompted me leaving the um, corporate world. Yeah. So my loss of my sister, I've, um, when I was um, at my job, there were reasons why um, I just wasn't happy there. I just felt like there was um, some things that were just not in alignment with my true self. And I still was afraid to leave because of some security and, you know, like I need this job, I need the paycheck, I have a family mm -hmm. and, you know, like this is a very good company. You know, if I leave, I'm being ungrateful. There are people who are trying to work and I'm like, you know, I used to feel guilty about not wanting to work there. Mm -hmm. But um, I feel like when I lost my sister and I thought, you know, and I've read many memes and even articles where they talk about people on their um, deathbeds, like wishing that they had done some things. And even then, you know, it would still fly over my head. Like, but then I now sat down and reflected on those things and listened to them in a different way. Like, oh, wow. Like on my deathbed, am I going to regret, mm. you know, mm -hmm. staying at this place that I am not in alignment with? Mm -hmm. or you know am I you know so I have to think about that and it was a very tough decision I don't I would have and I'm just lucky also that I had the support of my husband mm -hmm. I told him I said yeah I can't continue to work in this place because now I'm at the point where I cannot even you know I was already not happy I mean I had times that I would just cry mm -hmm. at my job because I'm like I felt stuck I felt like there was no option like I just like it here you know like I, I the company was a great company but I just don't like it because it just wasn't in alignment I didn't want to be there for eight hours a day or even longer that's not what I wanted I still very much open to like working a part-time thing but I did not want a job that would take me away from what I should true what I think I truly would have been um, given as a gift you know and to me, that's art, being an artist. So that really prompted me to make take that leap. Like, yeah, it's going to be tough. I've actually never been an entrepreneur. It's, um, I just couldn't stay for my mental health. I couldn't stay at that place anymore, especially during grief. And while I was grieving, freshly grieving my um, the loss of my sister, because the job still expected you to do your work. I mean, they had like <laughs> a time they expected you to be, done grieving and you can start doing work and there's no time there's no I mean there's really no time limit on that for anyone you know it's um it shouldn't be it's definitely shouldn't be determined by your boss you know <laughs> it's you know that's not who doesn't have a right to determine that for you mm -hmm. so I felt like yeah in this pace and just based on everything else before then this it's time to really leave so that also inspired me to step into my truth. Mm. Yeah. So a few things. So in that case, I will say grief also brought about some form of transform uh, transformation for me. Yes. So I'm living differently than I did um, before the loss of my sister. I am processing things differently. I am I'm having different experiences. I am like being on this podcast, for example, mm -hmm. is a different experience. You know, like being able to share 
um, my own grief journey, mm-hmm. being able to be at this place um, where I can, um, I understand now what people go through when, I, I mean, I don't fully understand everything, but I understand to some extent now what people go through when people just don't feel like being around people, mm-hmm. you know, I understand that, you know, so it's, um, so grief has brought about transformation mm-hmm. and it's about embracing that transformation and that transformation will be different for everyone. It's going to, it's going to, um, it's going to be, it can, that transformation can be some kind of, Look at it as an upgrade, no matter how, even if it makes you a more, um, like someone who is just not as vocal anymore, someone who is more reflective, it's a transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, a different reality. Embrace it. You know, you don't, um, you're not going to be who you were. Yeah. That. So just embrace it. Just embrace it and, and accept that. And just think about it. Like when I think about, when I think about um, grief transfer, like when people just don't want to embrace the way their life is just going to be different, I think about it this way: like we have changed, our lives have changed mm-hmm. in so many ways by different things already. When you lose, uh, or when you um, lose a relationship, it changes you. So everything changes you. When you get a new job, you change. When you lose a job, you change. So we're constantly already changing. Mm-hmm. So things are already changing us already. Things are changing us already. Mm-hmm. And grief is also one of those things. So embrace that, you know, like everything we go through, every kind, everything we go through changes us. Mm-hmm. Anybody we meet changes us, you know, so embrace grief is no should be no exception mm-hmm. and we should also think about other things and she also inspires us to think about other changes that we're suppressing or we're trying to um resist you know like embrace the changes that are coming yeah yeah i want to go back briefly to what you said about um you know, sort of traditionally or ancestrally in your culture, death was like understood and as, you know, a sacred process and, um, you know, was, was valued, like the experience around death and dying. And, you know, I'm really struck by how that, like the process of colonialism and, um, capitalism, one of the things that it teaches us, right, is that, life is about doing and achieving and mm-hmm. like what we produce right not about being and this process that you're talking through of like choosing to leave a corporate job which is about the doing and about right. the achievement um on somebody else's timeline and and becoming a full-time artist which is really very much about the being, being in that creative process, letting that move you, right? Um, and I, it just feels like you're, you're, that process is such a beautiful metaphor for living with grief, right? Like 
Mm -hmm. I often say that like the transformation that grief is, is not about like becoming a higher version of ourself or like, you know, sort of this toxic positivity stuff, but it's really right. about like, it will change us into mm -hmm. the people that we need to be. Exactly. Right. And it sounds like you are able to like really embrace that all of these parts of you that may not have come about if you hadn't really, um, you know, been with your grief without suppressing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, for me, like, like when I, um, when I left the corporate world and I was able to create, like to just focus on being a creative person, I, it was sometimes um, when I am, when I am creating, like my grief informs my creativity as well. Yeah, tell us more about that. Yeah, so it really helps me. It helps me in my creative process. Like sometimes I'm even able to produce some really, um, you know, like some, some interesting artwork you know and just when I am really grieving mm -hmm. like I think um one of the pieces I I have a butterfly art that I created and uh, I think I finished it last year December of last year was when I completed that mm -hmm. it was a big blue butterfly surrounded by some little butterflies and um my and um, hands just at the bottom of the butterfly sort of like releasing mm. so it's um and i know that butterfly symbolize um, um transformation transcending and all that so it was um there were even times during the painting like it would feel so heavy and i would just go sit down mm. and it's okay so it's like you know it's okay to just do those things you know mm. like at a job I can't just decide to go sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I would allow myself to really, and then just go back when I'm ready and I'm just able to just pour my heart into the painting. So I know a few corporate jobs try their best to really, you know, like allow people to take time off. And and I know I, I try to put, I try to, also understand where they're coming from they're trying to achieve <laughs> they have their goals too and yeah. you know they have their goals they're trying to achieve things and they're trying to create some kind of balance as best as they can some companies do it better than others some don't and then sometimes it just also depends on no matter the company culture depends on who you're working with mm -hmm. you know and some people can be understanding some people are not but these are some things that, that sometimes it just depend on other people or like sometimes like how successful or how um your grief journey is like affected by some external for forces mm -hmm. like even me um i'm glad i don't have like that overbearing um corporate thing anymore but i do have like my kids <laughs> i have to feed them you know, so I cannot, um, there's sometimes I have to like, just really muster that strength mm. to, 
take care of um, my children because sometimes as we you know we're grieving but you have to find a way to replenish yes. it's very important to replenish yourself because we all know even that sometimes that even when the loss of someone is um inevitable and their caretakers end up even dying before the person because they are not replenishing or they are just so overwhelmed or they're just not in the position to replenish just based on their circumstances mm -hmm. so um so in my own case I there are some cases where so I do understand I'm not here to say that if you're grieving leave your job <laughs> you know I'm not trying to you know in some cases you know it is what it is if you are able to then you know but I know there are people who are trying to figure things out they might have um they might still have to just keep on hold on to these spaces yeah while still trying to figure so it's like trying to figure out some outlet some way to some outlet and um there are so many resources um that i hope people can tap into their professionals their uh, grief um, um therapists like yourself mm -hmm. they're you know like just um, loved ones, um, religious, um, spiritual leaders that people can reach out to when they need that external help. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it all can't, um, sometimes it might just be really dried up within ourselves and it's okay to reach out for some help on the outside because there are different kinds of circumstances that we, we find ourselves in that's just the reality of things but it's about really really doing what is best for you knowing that what is best for you and there's no template of what is best yeah. for, everyone. for everyone in my case based on how i was feeling at my job based on things that were going on and based on how my um even just the environment at work at the time I was grieving, I just did some reflection and I thought, and it was the final, yes, this is you, this is not the place for you. It was like what really informed me mm -hmm. that this is truly not the place for you to be. Mm -hmm. you know? And I I had to I had to really show myself some love. <laughs> that was an act of self-love, me leaving those kind of, I, I mean, leaving that environment. I was the way I could do it. And I I am happy that I left that. Now I may not have that nice paycheck that comes in every week for sure, but I feel healthier mentally. I feel healthier spiritually because I can be who I truly am supposed to be. Yeah. You know, so I feel that closeness to being like a whole I feel more whole than I did when I was at working at my corporate job yeah you know so um mm. at least at that time that was the best thing to do you know maybe later on um like uh, an environment like that could be something I can go into but at that time I had to do that for mm. me that was the way I could I had to choose the important things for me and um I had to let go of <laughs> it's just that sometimes it would like for people like in my own case it was my job and i'm not calling it a bad environment but it just wasn't a place i needed to be at that time and uh, with yeah. everything going on so like some people when they're grieving 
um, it also informs you on who you want to be, who you want around you mm-hmm. and who you don't want to. It made it like in my own case, it was mainly like my job, maybe co-workers and stuff. But it really informs you on who, now does it mean that these people are bad people? Like there's some people you still want in your life, but it's just that at this grief, this time I'm grieving, this might not be the person I want to call on. Yeah. Totally. You know, so it's okay to understand and honor that and know that it doesn't mean that, oh, this person doesn't need to be my friend anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some cases, there are some things that, <laughs> that sometimes that happens where, you know, this person doesn't need to be my friend anymore just based on how they responded. But there are some cases that you know that maybe this person is trying to really do well, but yeah, this is not who, like in this case, this person doesn't really help in this space or just doesn't understand this is not who I need to call on yeah. or I need to be around when I am experiencing this. So it's okay to really understand that sometimes it's going to change the dynamics of the people um, in your life, the relation, change the dynamics of the relationship you have with certain people in your life. So there's some things will change, some things will fizzle away, Mm -hmm. and some new relationships will even come into your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always say the grief is like, it just takes the blinders off, right? Like. It takes the blinders off of the illusion that we're going to live forever. Uh-huh. Um, and it also, yeah, it takes the blinders off of everything, everything Absolutely. in our lives. Absolutely. Because For sure. As you said, you know, we only have this one life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so grief can really be a wake up call, I think. That's exactly, that's exactly, um, that's exactly what it was for me. It was a wake up call. It really, yeah, it was a kind of, it gave, it offered some other kind of awakening for me. Yeah. You know, so, and I will say in all things, I will still, I, I am, I'm just thankful. I'm, I'm just thankful for, for all the feelings, mm. the ability to feel everything that I want to feel. So and everything you don't want to feel, right? And everything I don't want exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. And everything I don't want to feel, like I'm just thankful. And I'm just thankful for the ability to navigate and knowing that it's not, it doesn't mean you don't have to be strong, you know, like it's not all coming from within it's about really being vulnerable Mm. and I allow myself to be vulnerable and to really you know just just um share and open up Mm. I think that's very important like not bottling things in just opening up and I want to be able to and sometimes about really there are so many outlets to do that. Like if you don't even have anyone around you, mm-hmm. like some something I do is I journal. Mm-hmm. So journaling helps me too. Like just writing out my thoughts really helps me. Mm-hmm. And just doing some things that just help comfort you because it's good to have something comforting. And for me, it's just lighting up a, if you know, like lighting up a scented candle you know, maybe play some soft music, like some music you can meditate to, taking a walk, going out in nature. So those can be very soothing mm-hmm. you know, for the soul. 
So it's okay to soothe, you know, to, to, to find ways to soothe. There's so many, like find what comforts you, what speaks to you. It can be just soaking in the tub. You know, I like to do like little simple things. I don't cuss too much. Mm -hmm. I, I don't always have to go to the spa. I just get like, I, I mean, I spent money on this nice, um, this bath trays. I don't know if you know, this bath mm -hmm. caddies. I just love them. It's just a wooden plank you can just put across your arm. Yeah. yeah it has a slot for like a candle for like maybe a drink if you want to like i just get like my hot water running put throw some things in there um i don't know whether they work they work or not but they feel good you know like your epsom salts you know the oils and um just you know all this bath salts i just like to pamper myself and just put myself in there and um just listen to something and I just feel great I feel mm -hmm. relaxed and then you know just I feel like my nerves are calm after that so there's always like I think everyone should like try to figure out what that thing is that can come it's good to experience calm even if even while you're feeling sad still express that calm like it's good to find a way to like bring yourself down you know from just like when you're working out too you have to like uh, cool down at some point so like try to work yourself towards that calm you know and um, those are very those are those are, those actually feel good they're not it trying to calm yourself doesn't mean you're suppressing you know yeah it's but still how do like, you, like support your nervous system so exactly it's absolutely it's like comforting yourself taking care of yourself showing yourself some love you know like I think we we find us we find it easier to show love to other people than it is to show mm -hmm. uh, to ourselves. So it's good to like really love upon yourself, you know. Whenever you're, I always try. Like sometimes I think about when I think about how I'm feeling. I always try to go, how would I react to someone if they're feeling how I'm feeling? Like just to really you try to put myself. Yeah, like. How would I, sometimes I, I even hug myself, you know, <laughs> I would just hug myself sometimes and just mm -hmm. cry and cry and just hug myself. And I would say things to myself, like, you're going to be okay, Marnika, you're going to be okay, you know, it's okay, like, it's all good, you're fine, you know, I talk to myself like that, mm -hmm. and, you know, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I often compare, you know, grieving to like a crying baby or, or grieving mm -hmm. itself to like a crying baby or a crying child. And, you know, the difference between like telling a, a crying child to like be quiet, does that, mm -hmm. does that really work, right? And the difference between that and, you know, nurturing the child so that they be quiet, right? It's the, the results might be the same, but the experience of getting there is wildly different. Absolutely. Um, so even if like we think our grief is being quiet when we, suppress it it will always come back in a different mm -hmm. way um, if we don't actually take the time to nurture it and attend to it and, and exactly and sometimes it could just if it's just bottled up it's really not it's it did not it's you know sometimes i just see it as it being bottled up it didn't really get a time get um get a chance to feel so it could actually still fly off the handle at some point totally. like in some way so it's good to really allow it to just take its course like take its process and find ways to ground yourself during while that is happening you know and um yeah so mm -hmm. that's just what that's that's what I try I try to remind myself mm -hmm. to do that. yeah beautiful 
Is there anything else that you want people and both people who are like actively grieving and people who aren't, anything that you want them to know about grief and the body and spirit, any kind of seeds that you want to plant before we close for today? Yeah, I will try to um, maybe address both points of views. And again, for me, it's just um, that I'm going to be coming from that angle of not suppressing. Yeah. Like, encourage the person who is grieving not to suppress their, um, what they're doing. And then also for those who are, um, um, for those loved ones and friends of the bereaved, make sure like you're not coming from an angle of wanting to suppress that person's grief because we get people, I, when I was grieving, I did have some people saying things like, come on, come on, come on, you know, you gotta get up, you gotta keep moving, you got to, like, you know. Go, go, push through yeah, it. Like, yeah, like, you know, you have to get up, you can't let this keep you down, you know, and I know they're coming from a good place, but it's about really, really encouraging the person to feel and just helping them, you know, or, and sometimes just seeing it as like really looking within you, are you, are you um, uncomfortable with this person's grief? Mm -hmm. Are you really looking out for this person or is it your discomfort? Because some people are really uncomfortable. They just don't know. It's, and I understand because I didn't know how to even speak to someone who was bereaved, you know, like it was very, yeah. it's, even with me having, you know, like after having lost my, my sister, it informed me a bit, but even then it's still a bit awkward. It could be uncomfortable to like, sometimes I don't know if to say, how are you feeling? I'm like, of course they're not. <laughs> like, why would you be asking? How so you? you don't know how, what to do. It's it, I can, so I can definitely understand both points of views, mm -hmm. but sometimes I would say when in doubt, just, just um, maybe listen to the person, hold their hands. Don't try to force them out of a situation or maybe just, it, it's, it's really complicated. That, that's just what I can see. But I think the best, most important thing is be aware. We just have some kind of awareness within uh, awareness of yourself and awareness of the other person like let this person feel make sure that you're not coming from a selfish place no matter what you know let this person feel what they're feeling yeah Say that again. like what's the intention of exactly yeah yes yeah. you know go ahead and you know like assess your your true intentions make sure you're coming from a good place and it's okay to read something like you know when you love someone it's okay to like let me see how can like pick up a book how can I support someone who is grieving yeah totally. you know, it's good to know it's also another so it's uh, you know it's um, we're constantly learning that's it's okay to learn about that too like how do you support someone who is grieving and for someone who is grieving too it's okay to pick up a book you know to help like it love people there are so many books that podcasts I mean I still watch some um things on grief you know on youtube i listen to different perspectives and some things will i mean some things will resonate and some things will not resonate it's okay you know you pick what works for you and you drop what doesn't work for you so it's not everything that has to be all coming from you you don't have to be like this 
uh, you don't have to figure it all out by yourself. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and I'm still figuring things out too. You know, I think we all, anyone who has lost someone, they're still, yeah. they're still learning something new every time. Yeah. And every time, you know, so. <laughs> mm. Mm. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you so much. People find you if they want to um, explore your beautiful artwork. Oh, they can go to my website. Um, it's www.artbymorenike.com. I want to be a bit more active with my blogs. It's just going to be mainly about my journey as an artists the ups and downs the joys the you know everything that we experience and then instagram I, i'm actually probably more engaging on instagram and my handle is art by morenike beautiful thank you both of those will be in the show notes as well thank you so much yeah thank you so much for this conversation talk to you soon thank you thanks for having me take care <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, dear listener, for going on this journey with me. Much gratitude to beautiful Chorus and Naomi Westwater for the beautiful opening and closing music. If you resonate with this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a generous review and by sharing it with your communities. You can also join my Grief Village community on Patreon, where we have twice-monthly Move Your Grief Circles a monthly Q&A, and an ever-growing collection of meditations, practices, and other resources. Details to join as well as more information about my work are in the show notes. Thank you for your support. Until next time, have a soulful day.